Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. Today is Friday, December 7th. It's episode number 698. You guys are familiar with it. Meet my friend Friday. Today, my friend Susie Larson joins us. She's got a message of hope and healing for you. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, so you guys made it through the Thanksgiving holiday, and we are zooming through on our way to Christmas. I want to say thank you to everybody who's been joining us at Mom Strong International. We are studying for the month of December uh, in search of joy. We are talking about what it means to be filled with joy. Joy doesn't come from a grocery store or a department store or even from a holiday. Joy comes from the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus Christ alive in us. It's the undeniable presence of God in our lives. It's knowing that we're right with God. And so as we study being uh, in search of joy this month for December, I hope you'll join us. It's not too late. You can jump in. We've just started on Monday. And so we're finishing up our first week. Find us at momstronginternational.com. All right. I have a friend on the podcast with me today. She's new to the podcast. So I'm excited to introduce her to you. Susie Larson is a popular media voice. She's an author, a speaker, a show host. Uh, she is a beautiful woman who loves the Lord and she has an incredible story to tell. She and her husband, Kevin, have been married for over 30 years. They have three grown sons and three beautiful daughters-in-law. And I am just really excited to welcome Susie Larson to the show today. Susie, I'm so glad you're here. Heidi, such an honor to join you. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So you have a brand new book out. You are the author of what? Over 16 books. Is that right? I'm working on number 16 right now. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I read Your Sacred Yes and Your Beautiful Purpose. And now you've got a new book, Fully Alive, Learning to Flourish, Mind, Body, and Spirit. So I have a whole bunch of questions for you. But before I dive into it, since it's the first time that you've been on the podcast with me, uh, let's do a little Susie 101. Does that sound all right with you? Sounds good. All right. So Susie, what drives you when you think about uh, when you wake up in the morning and the ministry that God has called you to, uh, what just makes your heart sing? Wow, that's a great question. Well, I just know myself. I lived in captivity for so long. Even as a believer, I I wasn't free. I had a lot of fear. I had a lot of anxiety around issues, uh, some traumas that happened when I was a child that really carried into my adulthood. And once I started to really contend for the promises of God, once I was really confronted with a question, are you a believer just because you secured your eternity or are you a believer because you actually believe this stuff? Mm. When I started to gain my freedom, I started to just get a thirst for the impossible, truly. What gets me out of bed every day is that I do believe that there are multitudes of Christians who live and die, realize they were saved but not free. I want to see, well, I, I specifically speak to women. I know men tune in to, to my show and read my stuff once in a while, but you'll notice I write and speak mainly to women. I want people free. I want women free. And I know that we have to contend for some of the things God has promised us. Mm, it's an amazing realization. You and I have a lot in common in that way. It's that walking with the Lord. I wrote in Becoming Mom Strong that I had walked with God my whole life, right? My, I came to know him when I was a young girl and I knew about him and I knew his word, but I didn't know anything of his healing. I didn't know about his healing and I didn't understand uh, about the freedom that's offered uh, just through that relationship with the Lord. So that that's amazing. All right. I got another question for you because we're going to come back to uh, what makes you get out of bed in the morning. I got another question for you. You've been married to Kevin, right? For Did, did I read right? About 30, is it more than 30 years? 
Yep, this spring will be 34 years. And we actually have a grandson now, too. So that's pretty oh. awesome. Where did you guys meet? We met at a church <laughs> singles retreat. <laughs> I know. We met at a church singles retreat that neither one of us were supposed to be at. And it's sort of funny because when he first walked in, I was helping with registration and I judged him immediately because he's like six foot three and he has kind of a swagger and I have this aversion to prideful people. And I judged him as being prideful and he just has a swagger because he's big. He's super humble and wonderful. But yeah, he, we, we joke about that. I, I didn't like him right away, but then I did like him because I, I married him. <laughs> oh, I love that. That I, You know what? I also did not like my husband when I first met him <laughs> for a very similar reason. Uh, he was wow. in a rock and roll, like a Christian rock and roll band. And I, he said something to me that just, it, it, he didn't, as I look back, I'm like, oh my word, that was, you know, me and my, you know, 19 year old self. Uh, but it's such a great, I always tell women, listen, don't, that first impression, you could be wrong. <laughs> so yes, you might, exactly. you might want to go back and revisit that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. What, what part of the, what neck of the woods are you hailing from today? We live in Minneapolis and uh, we were both born and raised here. And uh, I cannot even tell you how much I dislike our long winters, but we have huge families and our lives are here. And so this is where we are blooming. And so this is where we live. You're blooming where you're planted. I love it. Yes. I -hmm. love it. All right. Let's talk a little bit about your newest book. Uh, I loved it, by the way, because the, and the thing I just was sharing with Susie a few minutes ago off the air is what I love about your ministry is that you really have a passion to uh, set women free and help them find healing. And you say that Fully Alive is a book that you never planned to write. Why did you say that? Well, a big part, having been in media, you know, working in radio for so many years and interviewing people across denominational lines, I get emails and I have wonderful listeners, but you also hear the angst and the um, crazy angry people as well. And there's such a heated debate around even just the issue of, of physical healing. I mean, there are some Christians who are, angry and say, you know, God never does that. So I don't even want to have that conversation. That some of those folks are angry because maybe they prayed for a loved one and they didn't get healed. So they're shutting down end of conversation. Others just believe God doesn't do that anymore. I I have loved ones who we prayed for and didn't get healed. They died. And, and yet I still know that God still heals today. I know he, my own son was a recipient of a medical miracle that you can't explain. And I mean, read Lee Strobel's book on, you know, Case for Miracles. There are documents, true miracles that are happening all over the earth today. God is still a God of miracles. But on the other extreme, um, there are people who are in the camp that God always heals. And if you don't get your miracles because your faith is deficient, there's a problem with you. And I had those kinds of people come at me as a young mom when I first battled Lyme disease. And here I was bit during the pregnancy unknowingly. I was on bed rest for six months up one day. And within two weeks of my one day out, my face started to go numb. My memory started to go. It was horrific as a young 20-something to suddenly start to lose my short-term memory and have my body just completely fall apart with three little boys. And uh, I had people say that to me. And it was excruciating for me. I also was a person in the fitness world. So I had these kind of alter universes in my life where I, I had a passion for God. I had a chronic health issue and I had a mindset around health and fitness. I claimed scripture. I did everything I knew to do. And my miracle just didn't come. I mean, I slowly got better and well enough to have a life, but I had to really guard and guide around my boundaries. Otherwise, it would just fall over just so easy when my face would go numb and things would start to hurt. And it was just my reality. So jump ahead to now, uh, three years ago, I had a pretty massive health relapse. 
And I, at this age, you know, my kids are grown and gone. I, I couldn't even believe it. So not only were old symptoms flaring that, that looked like a Lyme relapse, that's what I thought it was initially, but new symptoms that were horrific and scary, neurological symptoms. And uh, I used to have a lot of facial numbing and my arms would go numb. Well, this time my neck went so numb that every time I dropped my chin, I would get neurological spasms where I could swallow. I had bone crushing headaches, like literally like somebody was putting my head in a vice and cranking till my head cracked. That's what it felt like, just jarring. I mean, I can't even explain to you how hellish it was. And then you throw in surges of anxiety and fear. And here I am one day in the bathroom. I mean, so hurt that God is allowing this and so disappointed and so afraid. And I'm just like, God, no, 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 please don't let this be my life. I'm begging you not to let me go through this again. And the enemy, I felt like he had me by the throat. You know, I've got you this time and I'm taking you out for good. And it just felt true. And the Lord whispered in my ear, the storms reveal the lies we believe and the truths we need. And I'm like, what? He said it again, the storms reveal the lies we believe and the truths we need. And I'm like, what's the lie that I believe? And I remembered because I heard the enemy railing in my ear in the bathroom, I can get to you anytime, anywhere, and God will never stop me. And that was a lie that was embedded in my soul as a child after I'd been jumped and beaten horribly by a group of boys. And uh, it, I think I, I know I had it in my subconscious all of my life that I actually had to endure everything I feared, that I didn't enjoy the protections everybody else did. It was like a subconscious belief, but there was a fear nipping at my heels because of some of the things I walked through. And so I say all of that to say, here I had another D-Day battle on my hands. But this time, when when I heard that lie, I can get to you anytime, anywhere. I knew it was a lie. The Lord just said, Susie, this is not true. You've believed it your whole life, but it's not true. You can't fathom what I've prevented in your life. You can't fathom how I've provided in your life. Yes, it feels like that enemy has you by the throat, but soon the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. You will have your foot on his neck. I am not going to let you lose, but I have to let you fight. You don't outrun lies. You turn around, you face them. It is time. This is your D-Day battle. And I'm telling you, Heidi, it was my D-Day battle. And I turned around and contended for a promise on a deeper level. And I say all that to say, I did not want to jump in the waters of the heated debate. Does God heal? Does he not? This book ended up being more a book about inner healing. Because as a person who really does research health, and I'm just very, very interested in how um, what happens to us emotionally affects us physiologically. I, what, uh, the phrase that I said throughout the book is what happens in our souls happens in ourselves. When I start to see the convergence of that we really are fearfully and wonderfully made, if we don't deal with the wounds and the traumas, the hurts and disappointments in our soul, it, they will push out into our physiology. They will affect us in our health. We will become reactionary people, be very triggerable in our emotions, in our relationships, and the enemy will have access to trigger us left and right. So I'm saying when God says he, rest, he wants to restore your soul, and the psalmist David says, he restores my soul, we need to not rush by that because it means to repair, it means to refresh, it means to bring back, it means to repay. I mean, there's so much in there where God is saying, I literally want to go into your soul. I want to untangle the fears. I want to speak to the trauma. I want to tell you the truth about the lie you picked up when life let you down. When I restore your soul, it'll restore every part of you. 
that's why I had to write this book, even though I knew, and I've already seen <laughs> some of the angst around when I say you don't dictate to God, there are godly people that get sick and die, but there's a whole lot of us that would know a deeper wholeness if we would be willing to let God deal with some of the issues of our mm. soul. I, amen. I could not agree with you more. The couple things that you said, I'm, I'm, you got to slow down, woman. I can't keep up. I'm writing all these yeah. notes down. I'm like, oh man, I'm on a new paragraph. This is good stuff. One of the things that you said that immediately, you know, I, I talk a lot about the culture here at the podcast. And when you said, you know, we're, we're living in a, in a culture where we've got a lot of people who are struggling with a lot of triggers. We're emotionally triggered. We're reactionary people. And I was thinking, boy, the truth always trumps the trigger, doesn't it? And, yeah. and the Holy Spirit wants to come in and say, listen, I am the God who sets you free. Listen to me. But it's so easy for us to listen uh, to the culture too, especially, I mean, I meet women all the time, and I know you do too, who have suffered traumatic things in, their, in our past. And you talk about uh, Ill, our wholeness uh, surfacing these issues from the past, maybe traumatic events. And what do you say to the women who are just going, you know what, Susie, that, I'm glad that works for you, but you just don't understand. Uh, I'm, I live in this place of fear. I do believe coming from a, a place of trauma myself, uh, as a young child, most of my my young uh, growing up was uh, very traumatic. And I do believe in some ways it hardwires your brain. Like you, you're just sort of hardwired for trauma, like that fight or flight thing. Uh, a lot of women I talk to have had traumatic backgrounds, struggle with anxiety and depression. What do you say to women who uh, want to stuff it? They're afraid to face those past hurts. And so they can't, they got all these triggers and they're so afraid to face the past that they can't walk in the truth that God has for them. What do you say to those women? Well, first of all, I want to get my arms around you and just wrap you up in a hug because I understand that. And I mean, I spoke of one of the traumas. I also endured a sexual trauma at the hands of a different group of teenage boys when I was a little girl. So fear, as I said, insecurity, rejection, so many things uh, followed me. And I mean, I had a canyon in my soul, a fear of self-contempt of all the things that that you're talking about, Heidi. And so I, I'm not at all saying there's a formula or even a quick fix, but what I am saying, and, and I've got doctors who endorse this book, doctors who are friends, counselor who I spoke with. This counselor actually said to me, we are seeing women come in in droves with all these physiological issues. And doctors actually are saying, we can't really figure out what's wrong with you. But when they get into counseling and they start to untangle some of the traumas that, and they get into the presence of God and, and hear his voice in their, in the midst of their hurts, she said, more often than not, the physiological symptoms just sort of kind of go away once they address the issues in the soul. Another way I want to say this, I interviewed Steve Arterburn on my show a couple of years ago, and he said something that is still sticking with me. He said, one of the great epidemics of the church today, he said, is unresolved grief. He said, every one of us have hurts, losses, disappointments, and we are not slowing down long enough to sort through them. But the thing is, if, if you push those things down, as my counselor friend said, she said, they have to go somewhere and they'll come out in our physiology. And what I do believe is God will allow an overplayed enemy attack when he knows you're strong enough to face the trauma that you've buried in your soul. And that the temptation is to numb out. The temptation is to stuff it back down even deeper, to run around, to get busy. But if you could trust God and, and refuse the lie, the enemy says, this is going to swallow you whole. 
The father says, no, it's not. I am with you. The enemy's threatening your exposure, but what he's afraid of is his exposure because his threat to you is very connected to your threat to him. He sees the potential in you, so he's threatening you all over the place. So your threat to him is a major threat to him. That's why we've got to trust God, and he won't make you face it all at once. It's like an onion, you know? It's one layer at a time. You can trust him, and he will walk you to places of healing. And your healing process will be very unique to you, as mine was to me. But I'm telling you, you got to be able to answer the question, do you want to be well? Because we have a part and God has a part. And one of the things I say throughout the book is let's pursue healing and then let's pray for a miracle. And Heidi, I mentioned this in the book and I feel like it really bears repeating that, you know, some people want the right things, but they're, they're just not willing to do anything about it. You know, the man on the mat and I, was it John, or is it John eight? I think it is. And Jesus says, do you want to be well? And his first words are, well, I can't. And, uh, and there are, there's like, you know, me, I was doing a lot of the right things when I was sick. My doctors were saying, nobody wants more than you. I was disciplined and everything that they were asking me to do because I wanted my life back. But it, when he kept bringing me back to that passage, I'm like, God, my feelings are hurt that you asked me, do I want to be well? I mean, I'm drinking 70 ounces of water a day. I'm taking my supplements. I'm going to bed. I'm claiming scripture. I'm doing everything I know to stand in a place of your promise and trust you for healing. I'm doing my part. Why do you keep asking me, do I want to be well? Well, he was just quiet, silent. So I thought, I need to ask a better question. Lord, are there hindrances in my own soul to my healing? I don't know, like a week later, I was backstage getting ready to step up to speak and I was having one of these surges of inflammation and they're horrific. My face was numb. My arms were numb. My head felt like it was going to explode. I was super dizzy. My vision was blurring. And it's hard to have clarity when all these neurological things are happening in your brain and you have to go speak. And I'm just about to step out and the host grabs me by the arm and pulls me back. And she said, oh, um, when you go out there, make sure that you tell them that you struggle in your health. Otherwise, they're just going to hate hate you when they get a look at you. And uh, I, I stopped in my tracks and I thought, I've heard that a thousand times and so, most times in jest, but so many women have said, I would hate you if you didn't struggle so. And the Lord whispered to me before I stepped out on stage, can you trust me with your reputation? If I were to heal you, could you handle it? Could you handle women? And, and if they're jealous or if they're petty, and it's hitched me. You know what I'm saying? It stopped me in my tracks like that was a thing because I have walked through betrayal and rejection. In fact, I wrote a whole book on coming out of that. Uncommon Woman is all about finding your identity after being, you know, ripped apart by another woman. And uh, I, don't, I don't want women to hate me. And so for him to pose that question, I thought, this is one of my I can'ts. And right there before I stepped out, I said, Lord, I will trust you with my reputation. And I know that not all women are that petty and those who are need healing of their own. Yes, I trust you. Well, like a week later, I was praying for human trafficking victims, which I do every single day. And I'm like, oh Lord, crush that hand of the enemy and set these captives free. And the phrase blessing guilt passed through my mind. And I'm like, blessing guilt. And the Lord whispered in my heart again, can you handle it if I heal you while millions are held? in captivity. And I said, no, I absolutely can't. No. And it was so strong in me. I couldn't believe it. And there it was another, I can't. Because I know, and you know, theologically, what God does for one doesn't limit his ability to do for another. And the Lord just, just challenged me in that. Can you manage it? If I set you free, can you trust that I'm still doing a work in progress for these others that you pray for every day? And that took a huge amount of faith. And I'm just saying this to say, there are hindrances in every soul to healing. I believe it, where we have hangups and things that we don't even realize. So if we really, really 
want to partner with God in pursuing healing and asking for a miracle. Maybe yours isn't a physical miracle. Maybe it's an emotional miracle. Maybe you're constantly feeling rejected, constantly self-aware in a negative way where you're constantly insecure or fear and anxiety. Just mark your days and you need a miracle. Are you willing to go with God to say, show me what lies I picked up when life let me down? Where, when I was first encountered trauma, what lie did I believe? Lord, what lies am I believing now? And what ways am I editing your promises? What self-limiting beliefs have I allowed to just stop me from asking you for the impossible? If you're willing to ask some of those hard questions, God in his gentle way, he will lift your chin, he will speak to your heart, and you'll know it's true. And then he'll walk you to a new place of healing. Mm, it's so encouraging. I think for all of the uh, listeners who are uh, tuning in today, just to hear your faith and how God actually exposed some of the lies of the enemy that you, because I think, right, we do that and we they get buried somewhere deep inside of our hearts and half the time we don't even know they're there. And so we spend our lives yeah. treating symptoms, but we never actually get to the root, uh, the root issue. And so much of what you're saying it, to me, it resonates with me because uh, we are living in a in a generation right now. I believe as a generation of, of biblically illiterate believers, right? So people who yeah. know we know the word, right? We grew up in church, you know, I got a bunch of listeners in the Bible Belt. We can say all the right things. But at the end of the day, we don't really understand the healing power of God and the lies of the enemy. It's an incredible time of biblically illiterate Christians living in a time of incredible deception. We are being deceived in every area of the culture right now to the point where we, we can't even talk about male and female anymore without getting into a fight with people. And I thought, man, this yeah. goes back to that. What a, what a powerful truth. Uh, you are presenting to people just to say, listen, uh, come before the Lord. We got to do it in quietness. Something I'm hearing you say is uh, we got to we got to step back. It sounds to me like it involves resting and resting in in the knowledge a that God's listening, that he can that he can heal you. Uh, Susie, you and I haven't talked, but I we walked through a very my uh, my nephew was in a, a devastating car accident a year ago. And uh, they, the doctor said he would never wake up from his coma. He had broken his neck in two places. He's a quadriplegic. Mm. Uh, we spent months in the in the ICU with him. And the the short of the very long story is that God is healing him, and he is walking today. Wow. He's not where wow. he used to be, but I'm telling you, you're never. I believe in the healing power of God. I watched the God, the Lord of Heaven's armies, make a lame boy walk again. And you're never gonna. I will never uh, question God's ability to heal. You're right in in saying. Uh, God chooses. He's ultimately, he's sovereign. God makes uh, choices and sometimes we don't understand them, but he is capable of healing. And uh, something that you've said really, uh, well, everything you're saying resonated with me, but something in particular that you said, we we're talking about treating symptoms, but never really getting to the the root of them. And I think that requires rest. And how do we do that uh, in the culture right now? In the, in, the, in the little bit of time we have left, talk to the mom who's listening to that in the next uh, two minutes that we have left and just the mom who can't slow down, the mom who doesn't, who has forgotten what it means to be quiet before the Lord. Uh, what do you say to her? She's, she desperately wants that healing, but she doesn't know kind of how to get off the busy train. Uh, what do you say to her? Boy, boy, that's a, a great question. You know, one of the strategies God gave me in the midst of my uh, 
my battle was threefold, and it's in the book, is you rest while I work, you feast while I fight, you wait to take flight. And I unpack it more in the book, but the idea of cease striving and know that I'm God. When you, yes, there's parts of your job and your day as, as a mom, as a busy young woman that you can't help, but you'll be amazed at how much time you squander. And I don't say that in any kind of judgment. I'm saying that's just true for all of us. But when you find yourself getting into restless striving, it's fruitless. And, and when you get into that place, ask God to help you stop the striving and know that he's God. And those places of striving and restlessness, pull back and say, I'm going to let you be God. I'm going to rest and watch you work on my behalf. And then you feast while I fight. It, you know, Going off of Psalm 23, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. When you wanted to take up your own defense, when you're reacting on your own defense, when you feel triggered because of fears and those things that put you into self-preservation, I always say that self-preservation and kingdom life are incompatible. That's when you, I like to have communion in my own home. Now, depending on where you land denominationally, you decide. But either way, picture yourself at the table of grace. Picture yourself, Jesus setting a table for you on your battlefield in the face of your enemy as he's kind of looking at your enemy with a steely eye glance going, she is mine, she's my heir, and I'm going to fight for her. And then you wait to take flight. Those who wait on the Lord, will find new strength. Even the young get weary. No matter what your age is, if you're going in your own strength, you will stumble, fall, and fall down and burn out. But when you learn the practice of waiting on God, you will find a new strength. And the way that passage translates, it's truly a power and a strength you've not known before. And when I was a young mom with the Lyme disease, I mean, that disease was killing me. And I had major financial hardship and three little boys. I had five and 10 minutes of time with the Lord, but I had God's word. So I said to myself and to the Lord, you know what? You said, if I ask you for something that I know that you want for me, I can know that I will have it. I know you want time with me. I want time with you. So I'm taking this pitiful 10 minutes as a tithe of the time. I'm lifting it up with the expectancy that you're going to multiply it because we both want more time together. I'm asking you in the middle of this disease and three little kids, would you multiply the time that I get to spend with you? Would you part the waters? Give me some miracles with letting the boys nap a little longer or play sweeter. And I'm telling you what, Heidi, God did that in the middle of that. I contended for it and I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just saying I wanted it bad. And he did that. And to this day, now I'm an empty nester. I enjoy two hours with the Lord every single morning. And again, I only say that to say I'm still living in the fruit of that fight from when I was a young mom. I'm challenging you. You won't believe where you can carve out time and nothing will refresh you like the presence of the living God and nothing will teach you like the word of God. Honor the call of God in your life and carve out the time. It will bear more fruit than any squandering ever would. So I pray you hear that in the heart that I mean it. God has more for you. I know it. I know it. I know it. Uh, I love that. And I, I love that uh, what you've, you've talked about prioritizing because really when we come before the Lord, it has to be a priority and God will multiply. I love what you said that I wrote a similar thing in Becoming Mom Strong. Uh, he took he takes those, those little um, moments that we give to him like a tithe of our time and he multiplies them like he multiplies the loaves and the fishes. God knows the season that you're in. Susie Larson, do you mind if I pray for you real quick, friend, before we go? I would love that. Father God, we come before you right now. Lord, I just thank you for the precious life of Susie Larson. Lord, I thank you that she is willing to share her struggles, her joys and her triumphs and her walk of faith with you with so many of uh, listeners around the world. Father, I pray that you would take uh, the message of this book and multiply it. Father, there, we need your healing. Oh, Lord, we need your mercy uh, in this culture right now. And so, Lord, would you just help us to come before you, speak to our hearts right now. Lord, for the women who are 
listening to this who are broken and tired and weary. Lord, you are the lifter of our heads. And so, Father, I pray that you lift up our heads, that we keep our eyes on you. Help those precious moms who are listening, who have those little ones at home, and they don't know where they're going to find the time. Lord, show them. Show them what it looks like to sit at your feet, even when we're surrounded by little ones. Lord, we love you. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning, Father. And I pray your blessing over Susie as she continues to speak a story of hope and healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Susie, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's just been a joy to have you. Honored to be with you, Heidi. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. For more information about Susie Larson and her new book, Fully Alive, Learning to Flourish Body, Mind, and Spirit, you can visit me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. The show notes will be there and also a link to Susie's new book. Hey, before I go today, I want to let you guys know of a couple of things I'm going to be involved in coming up. The first one is actually tomorrow. I'm going to be a guest at the Institute for Excellence in Writing's Winter Retreat. That's coming up tomorrow. I'm going to join my friend Andrew Pudawa and several other special guests through Throughout the day, and we're going to provide a day that's going to encourage you as you prepare for another semester of teaching. Now, Andrew is a good friend of mine, and we have a hoot and holler and good time together, so it's guaranteed to be a great time. I'm going to be doing a session with him called Developing Delight Directed Learning, and I'm sure we're going to have a blast. If you guys attend live, you can ask us questions, and of course, that makes it so much more fun and interactive. This retreat is online, and it is free to attend. If you can't be there live, you will receive the recordings if you register for the event. To register, go to IEW.com forward slash winter hyphen retreat 2018. I will link back to that in the show notes today. Also, I'm going to be at several events coming up in January 6th through 12th. I will be cruising with the Florida Parent Educators Association. Uh, Abilene, Texas is my destination on January 19th. I will be doing Miracle Worker, the life-changing power of following Jesus. It's the Heidi St. John Conference for the 2019 calendar year. After that, I will be in Coos Bay, Oregon. I'm bringing the Heidi St. John Conference to Coos Bay, Oregon, and I hope that you will join me there. For those of you who are not in this neck of the woods, my next conference for the Heidi St. John Conference is in Lakeland, Florida on March the 2nd. So I'm going to give you those dates again real quick so you can write them down. I'll be in Abilene, Texas, January 19th for my conference, Miracle Worker, The Life-Changing Power of Following Jesus. After that, I will be in Coos Bay, Oregon, January 26th. And after that, I will be in Lakeland, Florida, on the 2nd of March. You can find more information about these events and you can register now. Right now is a great time to register because the early bird rate is still happening for Abilene, Texas, and also for Coos Bay. So head on over to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events for more information and to register. For those of you who are interested in joining me at MomStrong International for the new study in search of joy, it's not too late to join us. You can sign up today, MomStrongInternational.com. Have a great day, everybody, and I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at HeidiStJohn.com and MomStrongInternational.com.